It's Tuesday, February 27th, 2024, and you are listening to Uranium Spotlight Podcast, Nuclear's Resurgence in a Clean Energy World, brought to you by PurePoint Uranium Group. Great uranium discoveries only come with drilling. Don't miss out on the next big one. PurePoint and partners, Cameco and Arano are drilling right now. And now your host, Chris Frostad. This week on Uranium Spotlight, we look at how nuclear fuel has become a national security imperative worldwide, how Ontario and Canada's future for nuclear power has become a way to ensure its energy security, and the shifting dynamics of Australia's stance on nuclear power and its potential impact on the global energy landscape. Last week, the uranium spot market experienced a decline in activity and prices, with the spot price dropping from $102 to $95 per pound U308. This decline was primarily driven by decreased demand interest following a recent price increase. Sellers hoping to secure high prices adjusted their offers downward each day, resulting in a continuous decline throughout the week. Despite a holiday-shortened trading week in the U.S. and Canada, spot offers continued to decrease, reaching $95 per pound by the end of the week, with minimal buyer activity. This downward trend prompted some interest from buyers, but transactional volumes remained low. Despite some demand stirring, transactions were limited and prices remained relatively unchanged on Monday. However, pricing differentials between locations faded, indicating a stabilization of the spot price. In contrast, the term uranium market saw moderate to high activity levels, although no new formal utility demand or contract awards were reported. Despite the spot price decrease, term offers remained under upward pressure, reflecting a wider range due to the continued gap in prices. Securing control over the nuclear fuel supply chain is crucial for democratic nations globally. Recent events in France's uranium deal with Mongolia highlight this importance. France's $1.6 billion uranium mining deal with Mongolia, aimed at diversifying nuclear reactor fuel supplies, faces significant political obstacles. These hurdles could delay the agreement until after June elections, as Mongolia's chief negotiator resigned, requiring a redrafting of the deal. Initiated by French uranium producer Arano during the president's visit to Paris in October, the deal had planned production for 2028. However, setbacks, including the Niger coup, jeopardizing Arano's operations and global supply disruptions, have heightened urgency. Amid geopolitical tensions, France aims to bolster Mongolia's strategic sovereignty against influential neighbors Russia and China. Russia's increasing influence in Mongolia, underscored by energy agreements and preferential treatment, reflects shifting geopolitical dynamics in the region. The situation in France illustrates the global significance of nuclear fuel as a national security imperative. First, ensuring domestic control over nuclear fuel is vital for energy security. Nuclear power plays a significant role in providing clean and reliable energy, contributing to efforts to decarbonize economies and combat climate change. Dependence on foreign sources exposes countries to geopolitical risks, as seen in France's current challenges. Second, Nuclear fuel is not just an energy issue, but also a national security imperative. Reliance on foreign sources undermines national security with Russia and China using energy exports as geopolitical tools. By bolstering domestic production, countries can reduce vulnerability to coercive tactics and safeguard their sovereignty. Moreover, domestic control over nuclear fuel is essential for upholding global standards in nuclear security and nonproliferation. As nuclear energy expands, ensuring the reliability and integrity of the supply chain becomes increasingly critical. By investing in infrastructure, countries can set high standards for safety, security, and nonproliferation, 
reinforcing their leadership role. Furthermore, a robust domestic nuclear fuel sector enhances international competitiveness. Countries like the U.S. and France can compete effectively with Russia and China, strengthening economic interests and national security. Securing influence over the domestic nuclear fuel supply chain is essential for energy security, national security, and global leadership. By investing in infrastructure, countries can mitigate risks, uphold standards, enhance competitiveness, and safeguard sovereignty. In the 1970s and 80s, the Canadian province of Ontario did something that was a little bit remarkable. It almost entirely decarbonized its power generation sector, entirely without meaning to. The province did this because it wanted to stop paying exorbitant prices for American coal. And the means by which it did this? Hydroelectric dams and a whole lot of nuclear energy. At the time, the reactors were early models of Atomic Energy of Canada Limited's Can-Do design. Now there's a newer, more powerful model, the Can-Do Monarch, a collaborative effort between Atomic Energy of Canada and a Canadian Crown Corporation, which is also called AECL, and the current license holder of the technology Atkins Realis, which bought the technology from the government in 2011, although the government retains intellectual property rights. Because the design of the new reactor is building upon past reactor designs, and because it reuses many of the same parts of those older models, its designers say that it should be smooth sailing right on through the regulator's office to approval and soon construction of these new plants. Of course, it's not just Canada that's looking at these new reactor models, but countries around the world. And that's not the only way in which Canada is investing in nuclear power. In a recent op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, written jointly by a Canadian university climate scientist and the president of an organization called Canadians for Nuclear Power, it was noted that Canada's climate and energy security plan is heavily reliant on nuclear reactors, and that most heavily decarbonized grids around the world rely heavily on either hydroelectric power or nuclear energy. Ontario is not just looking to build new reactors. It's also looking to keep its old ones running long into the future. The eight CANDU reactors at Bruce are either already refurbished, extending their lifespans considerably, or refurbishment is underway. In addition, the four units at Pickering Nuclear Generating Station, scheduled to close at the end of this year, will now be refurbished and kept running long into the future. Another new type of reactor design that Ontario and several other provinces in Canada are looking at is what is called a small modular reactor, a reactor design which will fit easily into Canada's sparsely populated northern landscape, supplying reliable power generation to remote communities for years to come. Overall, the future for nuclear power in Ontario and the rest of Canada is looking bright as the country looks to decarbonize in a way that ensures its energy security. In Australia this past week, the official opposition, which says that it is keeping an open mind about nuclear power, proposed several sites in the Latrobe Valley that it says would work well for nuclear reactors, especially as it says putting nuclear power there could replace old coal-fired power stations in the area. Australia has had a ban on nuclear power since 1996, contained within several different laws, all of which would need to be repealed or amended in order to allow the building of Australia's first reactors. Recent events have shown that the tide may be turning in nuclear's favour. Area residents in the Latrobe Valley, for their part, were opposed to the proposal, saying that they did not want their area to become a dumping ground. However, a new poll has shown that the majority of Australians now support nuclear power. Australians especially supported using small-scale SMRs to replace coal-fired generating stations. Overall, 55% of Australians polled said that they supported the move to nuclear power, while 31% remained opposed. 16% of people said they were unsure.
And that wraps up your Uranium Spotlight coverage for this week. For more news and events from the world of uranium, please tune in next week to Uranium Spotlight. You've been listening to Uranium Spotlight, your weekly podcast dedicated to delivering the latest news and events shaping the uranium fuel market and its critical role in the global energy landscape. Brought to you by PurePoint Uranium Group. PurePoint actively operates a portfolio of advanced uranium projects in the world's richest uranium district and has established partnerships with some of the largest uranium suppliers worldwide. While our passion for this subject is undeniable, it's essential to clarify that the information presented here is not investment advice. Instead, our goal is to offer an unbiased and comprehensive review of recent events that could impact uranium prices. Join us again next Tuesday for Uranium Spotlight.